0: Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: I never remember which way I say is the future, so I end up just going in all directions, but it's out there somewhere. Bonnie D. in the house, happy to be here. We're talking about a very interesting topic. I've met most of these people. One is a newcomer to the show, and I can't wait to get started. First, I want my guest to please wave hello. I'm seeing myself. There's a delay on LinkedIn on the feed, but I want you to wave hello to LinkedIn. Wave hello to Facebook. I got to find Facebook and turn off the captions. I'll do that in a minute. And wave virtually hello to the audience around the world listening to us on the Voice America Business Channel. Pat, you did that very, very well. It's a nice virtual audio wave. There we go. So our topic today, I think you all wake up at one time or another. I'm talking to my audience around the world. You say, I have a great idea. I have this really cool idea. I'm going to start something. I'm going to invent something. I'm going to create something. I'm going to be the one who's famous for it and people are going to be grateful or they're going to be smarter or they're going to be healthier or they're going to be richer or they're going to be funnier or whatever it is you're going to find an idea you've got it and you're going to make it happen well my panel today is going to talk about what it's like to make that idea happen because they all have in some way shape or form so let me start with my usual buzz opening and let's do a couple buzz quotes to set the stage here and then i'll have my esteemed panelists introduce themselves and then we'll go through their opening quotes and then we'll get their predictions can't wait so Buzz number one, this is from economist.com, economist.com if you want to look it up. In the 19th century, inventors were heroes. We had Stephenson, we had Morse, we had Goodyear. They were the shock troops of the Industrial Revolution. Their ideas helped drag humanity from agrarian poverty to manufactured plenty, which I think is where we think we'd like to be right now. These days though, inventor superstars, while not absent, are fewer and farther between. Patent records reveal that the way inventions are made has changed over the years. So that's a little bit on the negative side, a little bit of warning in there. Let's go to something that's a little more positive. This is from a website called bigthink.com, B-I-G-T-H-I-N-K.com. The future holds unparalleled visions of progress and intrigue for the curious. And I'm gonna ask my panelists how curious they were when their idea came to them, where we manifest our hopes, our dreams, and even, our worst fears. While we've had our fair share of inventive breakthroughs in the past that changed the world, the dazzling and world-shaking adventures of the future will change the world in even stranger and greater ways. I like that quote because that's very positive. Now I have a quote that's loosely attributed to Thomas Edison, Thomas A. Edison, in case there are a couple of them rolling around. I use Quote Investigator and I read through pages of how they're not really sure Thomas said it, but one of his cousins or nephews thinks that he did. So that's probably good enough. Here's the quote, there's a better way to do it, find it. And I'm seeing nods among my panel, yes. And now I want to talk to you just briefly. I have a quote from Philip Brainerd was a professor. He was a mad scientist, and he was developing a new energy source to save the college he worked for from closing. He needed to raise money. He accidentally created a sentient green goo substance that was elastic, that had kinetic energy, bounces, and it was difficult to control. Of course, you all know I'm talking about Robin Williams' character in the 1997 sci-fi comedy, flubber and webo his hovering robot assistant apparently they had hovering robot assistants in 1997 classified it as flying rubber hence flubber so that's an example of an invention from something that wasn't supposed to be what it turned out to be so i have four modern inventors. raise your hand and just wave for the audience when i call you veronica vargas welcome pat daly hello tammy hey. sykes hi and carol novello and i'm going to ask them for their take on your Great idea. The future of inventors, inventing, and technology. Bonnie D in the house. So happy to be here. This is such an exciting topic because I like talking to people who are curious and who have a passion for doing something that nobody else has done. And several of you have been on one of my other radio shows where we talk about creativity and curiosity. And that's part of what we're talking about today. So let's get some introductions going here. First up, I would like to have Veronica Vargas. Please introduce yourself, Veronica. Putting you on full screen. I'm gonna go monkey around with Facebook and get the captions off so they don't cover your pretty face. Why don't you take a couple minutes, tell us who you are and what's your passion for inventing invention and finding something new. Veronica, welcome
2: hi welcome I'm so excited to be here and uh, talk about this amazing topic we're all inventors I think all of us including all of you are inventors my life is very I think typical, atypical in that or typical that uh, I did uh, many of my years my whole life doing what was expected of me um, and I found myself in my 40s being very dissatisfied so I thought I've got to bring more joy in my life if this is what adulthood is I need to have more fun. So I had to go back to my childhood to remember what it was. And I remember being free and and really at my peak imaginative uh, abilities when I was playing, when I was doodling, when I was creative writing. So I brought those back into my life. And an interesting thing happened that it changed my perception in life. It changed my energy. I started to create new things for my friends and my family, and it quickly evolved into my business, Shabu Prints. And today we design and manufacture lots of goodies, some of which you can see behind me. Um, and I dabble now in augmented reality and basically inventing what I want to do. In- Invention comes from your freedom of expression, but that also entails knowing who you are and what you want to express. And so I virtually play and invent um in my life now creating new products that are award-winning products we're now an international business um, but it started with me so our ability to invent starts with our ability to know who we are and then creatively freely express who that is because that's where our skills and talents come from so this is a really important topic and if you don't think you're an inventor well i've got a a surprise for you we're all inventors inventing is simply your freedom of expression, finding out what you do, do it best, and you will naturally and easily start to either reappropriate something that's already been invented in your own way and expression or creating something completely new because it's simply following the whims of your imagination and creativity um, and, and your unique abilities. So um, some of the things that I've been able to do is uh, I wanted to always have adults cross realities because I wanted them all to return to their happy place like I did and that there was more to our world than this. Um, So I created a lot of products and we'll and we'll uh, share about that and some of my predictions in technology but that the future is partnering with technology to make some of your innovations happen. Thank you, Veronica. How encouraging. Everybody is an inventor. Let's see if the
1: other panelists agree with that. And I want to do a shout out to Michelle Tennant Nicholson, who introduced you to me for one of my other shows. And now let's welcome Pat Daly. And Pat and I have never met until about 14 and a half minutes ago. And Pat was sent to me by Mickey Mickelson, who is now a contributor of guests to my radio show. So, Mickey, wherever you are, thank you very much. Pat, welcome, and let's learn who you are and what's your passion for invention. Pat, here you are. Go ahead.
0: Bonnie D., thanks. Great to be here. Great to be on the show. Veronica, thank you for teeing it up so nicely, because I also want to talk a little bit about augmented reality. In, um, In my day job, I'm the CEO of a company called Boundary Layer Incorporated, and we work with high-risk industries like aviation to improve the human contribution and human safety uh, in those environments. And one of the the way we got our name was uh, in aviation. The boundary layer is the thin layer of air between where the wing ends and free stream velocity begins, and it's where all the interesting stuff happens because that's the the change between zero velocity and 500 miles an hour. Uh, So a lot of interesting things are going on there. And um, I didn't really start inventing as much as postulating forward from current technology to where we could be in the near future. Uh, And and I think uh, that, and the concept of augmented reality led me to write a book, uh, Spark, which is a near future science fiction novel, where I look at a couple of big texts that uh, have potential to really disrupt the world. And one is uh, AI and the other is, thank you, Veronica, augmented reality. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm sure we'll talk more about uh, those later, um, but they, I think are some of the biggest ways that tech is going to influence us uh, in the future, and uh, again, Bonnie, happy to be here, and uh, back to you.
1: Thank you very much. Yes, and and I appreciate what you said about that little thin layer is where things happen. But Pat, I want to bring something else out. Fiction is inventing, isn't it? Is inventing. Yeah characters it's inventing new worlds it's inventing what could be in your mind look at look at the movies we've been watching for the past. look at flubber 1997 and he had a hovering robot assistant and who's in the kitchen on the wall who's listening to me talk right now it's alexa i can't mention her name too loud i just out saying thank you or you're welcome or singing a song for me or something but the point is that I think everybody who who writes, writers, and I do a lot of shows with writers, thriller writers, novelists, anybody who writes is also an inventor, aren't they, Pat? They're inventing. And what what inspired you to write your book? Just briefly, tell me.
0: Okay, I'm a dad of two daughters and they both started playing this game called Pokemon Go. And you may or may not be familiar with it, but uh, the basic concept is that you go catch them all, catch all the Pokemon. Uh, And you do it using your cell phone. And so you walk along with your cell phone out and you're seeing through the phone's camera reality. And every once in a while, a little Pokemon po- pops up and you get to try to catch it. So augmented reality in at least one sense is the superimposition of something virtual over a real background. And so I thought, what if you could scale that up to a Disney size theme park and you could have real people interacting with the virtual. And I I just thought it would be incredibly cool. And I decided, well, I got to make stuff up. I got to write this book about it.
1: And you invented it. I love that. And here we are virtual over real backgrounds. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do you think? I did my radio shows. I Since 2011, I've created more than 50 different radio series and I moved them from phone. Now imagine me with a panel of four or five people trying to hear when Carol, for example, was done speaking and when she was ready to stop and whether that little pause was for me to jump in and say something and get the next person or whether she was Just pausing. Now I can see her think, okay? A little bit of my New York accent crept in there. So Zoom, the virtual with the real was such a boost to me and it brought radio to life. I still call this radio. People say, oh yeah, I have a podcast. No, we're doing radio. We just can see each other, that's all. Thank you, Pat, such a pleasure to meet you. And Carol, you're not next, but we're gonna go to Tammy and then Carol will be, she won't be last, she'll be next after Tammy. Tammy psych! so nice to see you. You were on one of my other radio shows a couple months ago and I was impressed and I invited you today. So Tammy, fill us in. What do you do and what's your passion for inventing? Welcome.
3: Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I uh, we, we created a men's skincare line, so, so we, we wanted to take it personal. We wanted to take the direction to a personal level um, because I feel like creativity and technology should make people feel good. Um, we, we're big on confidence and we're big on instilling confidence and we wanted to do it through a creation of a men's skincare line. Now, I've been an old entrepreneur from way back. Uh, me and my business partner back in college, and it's interesting that when you have that bug in you, it never dies. So you know, we had people saying when you graduate from college, you got to get a job and you got to go into the rat race, and and we did that, but that but that thing never died, and so we came back around and said, let's. We still want to start a business. We still want to help people, we still want to make a difference in regards to people's confidence and, and making people feel good. So that's why we chose the skincare industry. And we also wanted to, to serve an underserved market, which we said were men. We wanted to make them feel good about their skin, feel good about their life. Uh, there's plenty of women's uh, products that are out on the market. So we said, let's let's make the men in our lives feel good. let let's make the men in our lives uh feel good about their lives and everything around it because when you feel good everything around you starts to be good and so what we didn't want to do is is just pull a formula off the shelf we wanted something that could work for all men we wanted something that 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 the world hasn't seen so that's why we tapped into the creative part and worked with a chemist to come up with what we have and we believe we have Mm -hmm. a unique product we believe that we have a product that is going to go worldwide and we believe that we have a product that's going to instill confidence in men worldwide. And that's our contribution to this whole thing. We want to instill confidence back into people.
1: Thank you very much. Tammy, you mentioned we, you want to name and do a shout out to your business partner. Please? I will do a
3: shout out. My, go bis- ahead. My business partner is Simone Randall. She couldn't be here, but again, we both have the same desire. So, yes, and, and what you and thank you for that. What you
1: said, I'm picking up bits and pieces from each of you, Carol, can't wait for you. But what you said, Tammy, is it never dies. That spark, that it need never does. that need, right Pat, right, Veronica, it, that feeling that I have an idea. your great idea, right? How many times have you had a great idea and never done anything with it? Well. Yeah. Sometimes late in life, sometimes early in life, you do. So there you are. Carol Novello, can't wait to get you on. Here you are. Carol was on one of my shows about creativity. So happy to see you. I'm putting you on speaker view. Would you please regale us with your background and your philosophy
4: on inventing? Carol, welcome. Thanks so much, Bonnie. It's great to be back with you and also some of the guests I was on with before. Yeah, you know, invention, I like to think about actually reinvention, because when I look at my own life, and I look at the organizations that I've been involved with, it is about reinvention. So I spent a good deal of my career in high tech, I was a senior executive at Intuit for many years, I ran QuickBooks online for a while, uh, as well as a couple of other uh, opportunities that I had there. And I left high tech. And I reinvented myself and actually transitioned into animal welfare. And I ended up being president of Humane Society Silicon Valley, and I ran that organization for almost a decade. And while I was there, I helped that organization become the world's first model shelter. And a lot of that came about by leveraging data to understand outcomes. So I happen to be a big believer in in data as it relates to technology and how that can help transform the way we view the world. And one of the things that I think is interesting about data is how do you translate it into ways that speaks to people's not just their head, but also to their heart. And one of the things that was so interesting to me as I was running Humane Society Silicon Valley is that people would sometimes say to me, why are you helping animals when you could be helping people? And what was interesting is I found some data that showed that only 3% of giving that Americans do goes to animals and the environment combined. And that led me to want to say, how do I change that story? How do I inspire people to want to give and feel good about giving time and money to animals? And that led to the creation of Mutual Rescue, which is an organization that creates authentic uh, films and content and books that illustrates how helping animals also helps people and it's technology that enabled us to get our stories out worldwide. Uh, Our very first film, Eric and Petey, was viewed more than 100 million times across the globe based on social media platforms. Uh, It was the New York Times' uh, number one news story out of California in 2016. That led to the opportunity to write the book Mutual Rescue, which talks about how creating uh, opportunities between animals and people can help people reinvent themselves uh, in new ways that they never dreamed possible. So I think when we think about technology, Mm -hmm. uh, there's ways we can implement it using data, but then we also want to translate that data into ways that speak to our hearts as well as our minds, uh, because that's where real new interesting opportunities can happen and new possibilities can emerge.
1: Carol Novello, how lovely and we added the word reinventing, right? And the way you got the idea of using technology in there, not only social media but the idea of films and and campaigns and reinventing taking and you coming from the big tech world. I come from the big tech world as well. Yeah. I'm I'm actually a nerd, don't tell anybody. <laughs> I, I'm an early woman in tech from probably before you even started, but we won't we won't go there. So, I appreciate that, but already from the four of you. We've gotten so many ideas about your big idea and what you can do with it. So thank you all, good start. Let's go to our quotes. If somebody is new to watching and listening to my show, I want you to know that I ask my guests always to send me a quote from a fictional character in a movie or a TV show or a song lyric that has absolutely, oh, somebody's getting a nice bell alarm there. Uh, There we go, ding dong. Okay, we won't say the witch is dead, I just said it. We asked them to send me a quote that has nothing to do with the topic and in their own words, they're going to relate it. So let's make this really brief, about two minutes apiece so we can get to our predictions. Veronica Vargas has sent us a quote from Captain James T. Kirk, played by the one and only recent astronaut, nine minutes space traveler, almost William Shatner. American sci-fi TV series, Star Trek, of course, season one. Boy, does this go back in time. Episode 10, the carbomite maneuver. November 10th, 1966. Anybody wanna do the math about how many decades ago that was, 60, I think? So I'm just going, anybody who doesn't know Star Trek, go find it here, I'm gonna read the quote and Veronica tell us what this has to do with our topic. There's no such thing as the unknown, only things temporarily hidden, temporarily not understood. This may be my new favorite quote from Star Trek. Thank you, wow, it's not the ones we usually get. Go ahead, Veronica, what does this have to do with our topic, please?
2: Well, it's meant to to blow the ceilings and the walls off of your creative, your current thinking, right? Um, we are discovering that there is so much more. We're discovering playing in augmented realities, multiverses. Um, there is more than what we can see. There's more than the laws of physics can explain. There's more than mathematics can determine. So there's this huge gap, um, that is actually more that what our right side of our brains can understand than our left side of our brains. And we're now thanks to technology um, being ushered into exploring what that is. And I really don't think there's something unknown. I mean, it's bigger than us. So for us to say reality is what we understand is is small minded, right? There's all this other stuff going on. It's just a matter of whether or not we're gonna be able to see it and connect with it and then understand it. Uh, And that is the excitement of all of our lives. That is the potential of of discovery. So staying in discovery mode versus close-mindedness, you know, can really drop in all these new opportunities. The future is vast and I love that. Thank you very much, Veronica. And
1: by the way, this episode going all the way back to 1966 is often on one of the best episodes lists ever of Star Trek. So thank you for the quote. Very, very well done. Let's go to Pat Daly. Pat has sent us a song. I'm going to hum a few bars. I'll try not to sing on my shows, Pat. We just lose audience right away. hmm 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 Boy, I'm off on that one. So the song, of course, is The Sound of Silence, which was originally plural, the sounds of silence, performed by the iconic musical duo Simon & Garfield written by Paul Gar, I'm sorry, Garfunkel, written by Paul Simon in 1963 and 64. It took him many, many months to write it. What's interesting was that the song didn't do very well and the duo broke up. I didn't know this, Pat, until I i looked at it. It was a commercial failure. So Art Garfunkel went back to Columbia to study and Paul Simon went back to the UK Then a producer decided to remix it and added all kinds of stuff to the track and never told them when the song started to get popular. It got airtime. And all of a sudden they said, whoa, we've got a number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100. Let's get back in the studio. This was also Veronica, the same year as 1966 as the Star Trek quote you gave us. So that must've been a heck of a year. So here are the lines that Pat has selected from the song. Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. I won't read the rest, but it's a beautiful song. Pat Daly, what does this have to do with your great idea inventing? Talk to me.
0: Thanks, Bonnie. Um, and I, I'm so glad Veronica gave us a quote from Star Trek to save me from having to quote Star Trek, uh, because I'm, I'm a huge Trekkie. i uh, this, this quote by Simon and Garfunkel, and by the way, a group called Disturbed has done a remake, and it is also phenomenal. Um, but for me, darkness leads to sleep, and sleep leads to dreams. And I've always been fascinated by the space between being fully lucid, fully conscious, in control of your thoughts, and then what happens as you transition to sleep. And it's like your subconscious gets this free playtime and your thoughts are completely unrelated, completely disconnected. And then you, you enter the dream space where reality changes and everybody's experienced it. I happen to be one of those uh, folks that remembers my dreams. And for the for the first hour in the morning, I'm remembering what I dreamt about and what happened. And that led me to a lot of questions about, well, you know, bizarre things happen in dreams, but why can't certain things also happen in reality? And so, some of those dreams have made it into some of the talks I give, and some of the uh, some of the stuff in in my novel. Um, and I love the idea. I love the time between when I put my head down on the pillow, and I finally slip into, into sleep, where my mind is just running amok just unleashed, as it were, as it comes up with ideas and generates thoughts. And a lot of them don't make any sense, but the ones that I remember and can transform into some reality, whether it's uh, a life lesson or something in a book, um, I think are very helpful.
1: Pat, I want to know what do you eat or do before you go to sleep that you can remember your dreams? Because when I wake up, I remember bits and pieces and they're usually like big major Hollywood productions. I mean, there are people and places and buildings and scenes, and sometimes I know the people, there are colors, all kinds of things, but more often than not i'll wake up a little bit early and i'll feel like they're little balloons that are rising in the air and they're wisps and i'm literally my brain is starting to say can i can i just grab the string on that balloon pull it down i think i was in a building i think i know the person and i can't and then it goes away does that happen to you pat or or do they come to you strongly is there something you're doing to remember your dreams that you could teach me that's what i want to know
0: oh i'm sorry there's no secret sauce (laughs) um But I, I'm I'm with you on the uh, the pulling it back, and I've even got this bizarre theory that uh, you wake up in the middle of the night and for whatever reason, and you remember your dream. And I've I've often thought that those dreams are a mental bookmark, so that once you deal with whatever you had to do to you know get up, go to the restroom, find out why the dog's barking, whatever it is it reminds you of the state your mind was in while you were asleep and for me anyway that helps me ease back into the sleep quickly so I-
1: Interesting. Very. Everybody's nodding. We're doing some life lessons here. I, I didn't expect this, but I'm enjoying it very much. Tammy Sykes, and thank you for the quote, Pat. Tammy Sykes has picked a quote from a rock song by Prince, 1995. We moved up in time from 66 to 95. We're still way in the past, in the previous previous century. Uh, Gold is the song, and they. this was at the point where they said his stage name was an unpronounceable symbol Tammy from the album the gold experience he thought this was going to be the next Purple Rain and there was a limited edition gold CD single in a gold jewel case that was released in the UK and there was a music video and as of January 22nd and we know Prince has been gone several years this video on his YouTube channel from 2017 has had almost 5 million views interesting not as many as your movie Carol Okay. we'll we'll compare it. She, yeah, she did better than, no, we all want to go there. Here's the chorus of what Tammy has selected. The line is all that glitters ain't gold. Let me just read this. Everybody wants to sell what's already been sold. Everybody wants to tell what's already been told. What's the use of money if you ain't going to break the mold? Even at the center of fire, there is cold. All that glitters ain't gold. No, no. All that glitters ain't gold. No, no. Tammy, how'd I do? You did great. <laughs> Thank you. I promised I wasn't going to sing because I don't know the melody, but I know the lyrics.
3: That was, so- that was pretty close. That was. <laughs> Thank
1: you very much. So, Tammy, tell us, how'd you pick this for our topic today? I this, love it.
3: This is like my anthem. I'm a huge Prince fan, but instead of Purple Rain, this has become my anthem. Because, again, as a creator and as an inventor, you cannot be satisfied with copying what's already out there. And that's what those lyrics are saying. Why create what's already out there? There's so many things that haven't been created or invented. And so every time I play that song, it just, it, it, it's, it's like a wake up call to not, you know, just do what the other person is doing. Let's do something new. Let's do something crazy. And, and again, it, it's, it's, it's my anthem. And again, for all the inventors and creators that are out there, we, we can't satisfy satisfy ourselves for what's already out there. We got to dig. It's like gold. It's not on the surface. You got to dig for it. And those new ideas, those inventions are things that you have to dig for. But we have the wherewithal to do that. So that's where that that's my inspiration. That song, gold, it really is. Thank you. And I'm going to have to go play because I want to know. I don't want to know
1: what I didn't sing, but I I talked through it pretty well. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, Tammy. Love, Love, Prince. Sad. Very sad. Didn't, didn't need to go that soon. Sorry, didn't need to go. Like Robin Williams in uh, in Flubber, right? Robin Williams didn't need to leave us so Absolutely. soon.
3: Absolutely. But
1: here we are. Carol Novello has picked a quote from Jim Lovell played by Tom Fra- Tom Hanks, who is still very much here in present and again, before. and we're still in 1995. So we had two quotes from 66 and two quotes from 90. Did you all get together and talk this through? I don't know what's happening here. Anyway, the movie is Apollo 13. It's an American space docudrama film directed by wonderful ron howard (laughs) and starring tom hanks kevin bacon bill paxton ed harris and gary sinise and i'm just going to read the quote this is lovely by the way uh Ron Howard wanted this to be so technically correct, this movie Apollo 13, that he asked for NASA's assistance with astronaut and flight controller training for his cast. And he got permission to film some scenes on a reduced gravity aircraft so that he could have realistic depiction of weightlessness in the movie. Very interesting. So here's the line. From now on, we live in a world where man has walked on the moon and it's not a miracle. We just decided to go. Wow, what a line. Carol, how'd you find this
4: one? Talk to me. Apollo 13 happens to be one of my favorite movies for so many different reasons. And I think one of the biggest ones is about possibility and just the idea of going to the moon and how you know outlandish that was to think about at various points in time. And then the fact that it actually became reality is really pretty stunning. And so I love that quote because it is about not just opening up to possibilities, but then welcoming those possibilities as reality. There's another great quote. I don't know who said it or where they said it, but there's, there's uh, one way to say it, which is seeing is believing. And the other one is when you believe it, you'll see it. And that in essence is what that quote is about. It's like, you believe it and we're going to see it. And that's a huge part of invention and reinvention, being open to possibilities and then believing that those possibilities can make their way into reality. And I think that's pretty exciting for all of us to consider as inventors and reinventors and as we look at the intersection of how technology can make our world uh, an mm-hmm. exciting place and, and also things we need to consider as we look at what some of the downsides of those things are. So. Uh, it's about possibility and and then believing in making it happen.
1: Thank you. Wow. Great quotes, everyone. Thank you for doing that, making the effort to find something really interesting. Each of you, I appreciate it. To my audience, we don't get together on a pre-show and say, okay, Pat, we'll pick this quote for you. And Veronica, well, we got five quotes. And which one do you want? And Tammy, we'll have one for you. And Carol, well, you could take this one. This is all done independently. These people don't really know each other as far as I know. You're not all sitting around for breakfast and talking to each other at family reunions. So I appreciate the independence with which you all came at the topic with really great quotes. Stellar, thank you very much. Now let's go to our predictions. I put predictions for Veronica, for Pat, for Tammy in in your chat. Carol, I'll pick one for you in just a moment. So let's see how many we can do. Remember, if you want to comment on somebody else's prediction of you something very salient to say or poignant to say, just wiggle one of your polite little fingers at me, and I will see you. Otherwise, we'll just barrel through these. Take about two to three minutes each. I want to see if we can get through at least two from each of you. Interesting. So Veronica Vargas, I'm looking at prediction number two. You say six. Successful future tech will be perceived to have soul. I'm just going to stop there because that's so provocative. Veronica, yeah, right, Pat. Just unpack that and tell us. Take take three minutes for this. It's kind of juicy, and
2: tell us what this all means. Go ahead, Veronica. Well, I think you know we we're seeing the negative effects of tech without soul, um, and that's a disconnect uh, with others. It's um, bringing out some of the worst qualities in us. Um, We are just learning what really tech is and its potential. Um, We're also knowing that it's uh, capable of adopting much of what our left brain does, Um, but really where it's going is its ability to foster the right side of the human brain um, and to bring health back into our lives because it's not going anywhere. We're going to learn to tweak it so that it gets healthier. And one of the ways tech can get healthier in our lives is to actually have it co-create In my opinion with nature so you'll see lots of tech very successful tech being like a nanotechnology and sound resonance and maybe using crystals and and new ways to um harvest that also to help humans harvest what we do best and that's innovate so it will support us in in that respect so it will learn to have soul so that it can integrate not only with us because we're not going anywhere but also to co-partner with with nature and it it, it leads us back to augmented reality, right? And multiversing. Um, We even have something I wanna show some tech really fast if I have an opportunity. Sure. So for instance, we have something like this where it's an inspirational quote on a sticker that you can place someplace, peel it off and then restick it other places. And it's to create a window into some health, into mental health. So you take an app, You scan it with augmented reality. And it can literally open a new world in which you can go in and have positive feelings, positive experiences and expand your space um, and and improve our mental health. So I think, you know, successful tech will learn to do that. And it's, so we've got some positive uh, developments with technology in the future. It's not as negative and threatening. Veronica, what just happened? What did you do with your phone? I heard bells, and I heard I heard little firecrackers going off. what was that? What what, what is there an app you can tell us about? What yeah, well, it's the Shabu Prince app. We have an okay. app, um, and we have lots of augmented reality products that are designed to open up into positive worlds. And so we use practical. We have lamps that you can scan, so they're at home practical goods that you can have in your space, but more than just lighting up or using a sticker, they're designed for you to fall into new possibilities and positive uh, mental health. So we have a lot of really fun animations and things like that that open up uh, so that you you can fall into and experience positivity using technology. So that's how technology can really help uh, foster mental health um, And and become healthier. And I just it. I just
1: fell into a new
2: new universe when you did that with your phone, right,
1: Pat, and Carol, and Tammy. Wow, yeah. that that was really, you kind of snuck in a demo there, Veronica. That was very very well done, very slick. Pat Daly, let's move on. Uh, let's we're talking about tech, we're talking about inventions. Pat, I'm looking at your prediction number two. You say AI, artificial intelligence, will become pervasive and capable to the point, listen up everybody, that most call center jobs will be done by AIs, and he uses it plural, in the next seven years, and customers really won't know that they're talking to a machine, duh. Okay, Pat, is this good news or is this not so good news? Talk to me.
0: I think this is good news. Um, I, I have faith in tech and I have faith in AI. Uh, I don't think everything's going to be Skynet and uh, Colossus, the Foreman project. I don't. I don't think uh, that that we're going to be eliminated by the machines when they uh, they rise to power. Um, and I think that um, people like Carol, in her former career, that are working on AI right now are doing it for things for reasons beyond just checking our clicks on social media and programming what we're going to see on our feeds. There's, there's a lot of low-level AI that we see already, you know, controlling trains, controlling traffic. And I think as AI becomes more robust, I mean, we've already had AIs pass the Turing test, which is the, is this free thinking? Is this really sentient? Uh, I think we're going to find out that AIs have way more applicability than just, you know, I talked about the call centers because that's an easy go-to thing. I mean, why have to deal with somebody who's got all the human foibles going on and they, you know, they got in an argument with their spouse in the morning. So now they're mad at you. Uh, So why not have a machine take care of that? A machine who is always going to be patient, always going to be willing to talk to you as long as you want. Um, and I think where we're really going to see the cool advances in AI are going to be in education because right now classroom education is by and large a one size fits all. And that's you know, just for one person, one size doesn't fit all, you know, you need a different, different size pants than you do a shirt. So why, why should all students be treated the same? And I think when it comes to tech, you can treat every student differently, every student in the way that is best for them to learn. And so I I think AI is going to just blow up to the point that we're going to be routinely dealing with AI and nobody's even going to know, nor are they going to care.
1: Interesting. And I remember several years ago, I was working for a big business, one of the biggest world's office, biz, one of the world's biggest business software companies, I'll tell you all later. And that, this show started as one of my landmark shows for that company actually. And um, we, people were talking about whether they had been on a customer service call, uh, for example, Pat, or a, uh, I have a problem with my widget and can you help me, or I wanna make a return, whatever, the days when we actually picked up a phone and called, and were they talking to a person or a bot? And people had recorded some of these messages of the other side of what they had heard, and it was very hard to tell which one. And this was several years ago, at least five years ago. But what's interesting is if you take away the emotion of the person to whom you're speaking, person, with air quotes, Bonnie, everybody on LinkedIn and Facebook is the air quotes, how are you going to make movies and TV shows with plots about, yeah that administrative assistant we can't say secretary anymore that administrative assistant had a bad day at, at home and her husband didn't make the coffee or her boyfriend didn't take the trash out or her kids didn't get to school on time and now we see an in to get into her and bring her flowers and a box of candy and she's going to give you the key to the vault it's going to be the secret for exploding the world from this megaloma- you, i'm getting carried away but you put my point is that oh, Pat, all the plots about the human, the entry into the human psyche, that the weakness, okay, that make for interesting drama. I'm gonna not gonna go there because I'm gonna get in trouble. But Pat, any comment on that quickly?
0: <laughs> oh, I think I think we'll be able to fake that as well. Because <laughs> we know, have if, so if,
1: much of that already, right? Yeah.
0: If ads have souls, why can't they have emotions, and why can't they have a bad day unless we program it all out?
1: There you go. Like the, what was it? The security bot who fell into a pool at a Washington Monument I think, a couple of years ago and he couldn't get out and they fired him. And oh, h- how do you give vacation time to the bot working at the decks next to you? That's a whole other show, Bonnie. Tammy Sykes, I'm looking at prediction number one. Yours are focused obviously on the beauty industry because that's what you do. And you say the beauty industry is experiencing a digital transformation. Brands are creating digital experiences using Pat, put your seatbelt on artificial intelligence and Veronica, put your seatbelt on augmented reality powered virtual technologies to help customers find their perfect match. Tammy,
3: talk to us. Oh my God, Pat, you were just, you were saying you, you, me and you right there, (laughs) you know, a lot of beauty brands have an educational component because when he's talking about education and so to, to fulfill that a lot of beauty brands have to have a blog. So that means content. You gotta create content, a lot of it. And for most business people, they don't have time to do that. Uh, We use a a, a company, an AI company that produces a weekly blog for us. Every week comes in our our inbox and and creates an educational blog on on men's skincare that, that takes all the stress out of it so I don't have to come up with all of this content but we can still fulfill the educational portion of our beauty brand. So that that it just takes a lot of work off of me. Now with augmented reality, beauty brands, retail brands are using this all over the place. IKEA has an app, a mobile app, where you can picture and and set up how that piece of furniture will look in your house, so that you don't have to go to the, to the store to try to see it, you can actually create you know your the reality of your house and have that furniture there. L'Oreal, the makeup company, has a, also a mobile app where you can it can put your face there on the mobile app, and you can see what color lipstick looks good on you. Eyeshadow, you can create you you can create all your your makeup and, and buy that, and you can see how it looks right there on your mobile app without having to go to the store. And last but not least, there's a company called Zinny. Which is an eyeglass company. And you can have your little peep, your face on the phone, and you can see what frames actually look good on your face. So you don't have to even go into the eyeglass place to try on 50 different frames. You can do it right there for the convenience of your home. So beauty brands are using AI and augmented reality. I'm telling you, like game busters, and they're personalizing the experience. And people are really enjoying that.
1: Convenience, enjoyment, uh, excitement, right? Absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah, going to the eyeglass place. Yeah, I've got a lawnmower outside here. Can't help when they come to do the lawn. Sorry about that. I'm going to mute as soon as I'm done here. Let's go on. So that was Tammy and Carol. I'm looking at your predictions and let's go to one we haven't covered yet. Prediction number three. I bet this is one of your favorites. Sustainability. Hot Topic will play a bigger role in manufacturing and marketing of pet products and services. And I think we can expand that to lots of other products as well. Carol Novello,
4: talk to us. Well, one of the things that's interesting about animals is the roles that they're playing in our lives. There are actually more pets in the United States than there are children. In fact, there's almost twice as many. There's about 90 million children and about 185 million pets. And the implications of that are that we're viewing pets as an extension of our family. And so you have to think about, well, how is sustainability impacting human products? And we look at it from the health of the products that we're ingesting. Uh, Are we ingesting chemicals and toxins? How is that impacting our health? How is the manufacture of the products that we're using impacting the planet? And those things now are transitioning over into the pet space what is the quality of the food that i am feeding my pets and that affects their health and my ability to monitor my health as a human also we have a greater desire to be able to monitor that of our pets and so those things that we're seeing in the human space are going to transition over into the pet space because we do view our pets as family and looking at where the products that we're purchasing for our pets how are they made where are they manufactured what is the carbon footprint that they have in the world and so more and more people as they're making purchases for their pets that they view as part of their family we're going to use the same lens that we do as humans about where things are made how they're made and how they impact our physical bodies and so circling back to how are how are we using ai The same types of things that go into the manufacturing and the efficiency of manufacturing goods and services for humans and the role that AI will play in that, that's going to transition and happen more and more uh, in the pet space because of the roles that animals play in our lives. Thank you very much. Thank you,
1: Carol. Very interesting. Round one. We are looking at nine minutes, actually eight minutes left to the show. We've been talking a lot and all kinds of great ideas coming out. You've inspired me and I know our listeners and viewers. Let's see if we can do one more prediction each, but keep it to about 90 seconds. Let's make it really brief. So, uh, Veronica, I'm looking at prediction number four. I love this one. Veronica says, we are at a technological tipping point That will cause all things analog to increase in value by way of nostalgia talk about the quotes from the movies from 1966 hello and the songs favorite future tech will be that which can help us experience deep play i know you could talk a half hour on this veronica and we would enjoy hearing it i promise you that but take 90 seconds please
2: go ahead Really hard. Okay, so basically we're going to increase in value of the things that we can do. So even a handwriting of a note, it's going to be a big wow versus a digital written note. So technology is going to continue to foster us using play. Play is also one of the most powerful portals in which we can evolve and have freedom of expression and invent and imagine. So it's going to have us do that and it can do that by creating immersive experiences. I even provide an online immersive Uh, eight-week course where you can kind of go in know what imagination is and then know how to apply it more in your life using multimedia so that ability to be able to go back to who we really are which happens to be who we were as a youth is going to be a really powerful experience for tech to leverage for us thank you
1: love that you got nostalgia in there pat daly this is interesting we're talking again augmented reality he calls it semi-transparent virtual reality will surpass console gaming and we'll have large-scale facilities such as houston's astrodome dedicated to it within five years the tech is already very close the biggest holdback, uh-oh is going to be liability pat talk to me what's happening here
0: well <clears throat> we already see a lot of big spaces going vacant because why go to a mall when you can just easily click your way through what's available online, buy it, have it sized to your own body, and then have it delivered. You never have to mess with finding a parking spot. So we've got these big spaces where a lot of the times nothing is happening. And, And I think to kind of piggyback a little bit on what Veronica said, the whole play space is critical to the human psyche. And I think we will see these dedicated to augmented reality play where it's not just visual, it's oral, it's haptic. uh, And that we'll see more and more people actually going to these places to play large scale games. And of course the, uh, the insurance folks are going to get involved because somebody's going to end up getting hurt and and then well we can't use real swords anymore
1: <laughs> touche i've been taking my art my real physical art watercolors collages uh, acrylic paint pouring acrylic, multi, multi mixed media and turning them into videos. And I have a friend who is a digital musician, composer and performer whose music has already been used in movie soundtracks and in Cirque du Soleil. And he lends me basically he gives me access to his music tracks pat and i take a clip sometimes i'll take a two and a half minute clip and i will put my art into iMovie and use the ken burns effect and have the instead of just look. oh there's a painting on a wall well hey bore me now you're moving in and out of my art you're not seeing the edges and he decided he said to me a couple weeks ago let's go do this on VR. So we took a spatial.io room. And the interesting thing about spatial, if you haven't seen it, is you don't need a VR headset to go into spatial. You can do it on your computer and experience sort of the virtual reality experience. So we're putting my art up on the walls of a virtual showroom with his music tracks. And we are using, uh, we're using avatars that we're going in and we're inviting some people we know to go in and see it. And we're creating NFTs. That's a whole other, so my art that's sitting here, 200 paintings in my house, I don't have any wall space anymore. It's now gone virtual and it's just, I can put 20 pictures into a two and a half to three minute video and have them moving. And so the experience, Veronica, of play and of VR and of AR and all of that is just, It's exciting. It is exciting. And I don't think there's any liability. Nobody's going to trip over a painting in VR. Let's go to Tammy quickly. Formulation changes, prediction number three. We've covered this a little bit, but I want you to do it for you. We got three and a half minutes left to the show. So formulation changes are redefining the skincare market. Green beauty and clean beauty are encouraging cosmetic chemists to create formulas with more natural ingredients, similar to what
3: Carol said. Go ahead, Tammy, minute and a half. Beep, beep. Exactly what Carol was saying. People are concerned about what they're putting in their body, what they're putting on their bodies. And again, that's why with Dia Michaels, we wanted it to be an all-natural product. People are going, getting away from all of those toxic chemicals. We're going back to nature. That has always been the best remedy. And it's just interesting that we're going back to what worked in the first place. And so again, ingredients like oats, chamomile, aloe vera, argon, People are going back to those things to to calm, smooth, and heal their skin.
1: Thank you very much. Brief and to the point. Appreciate it. Carol, I just popped one in here for prediction number four for you. Let's finish with this. Medical breakthroughs with animal health will impact human health options and vice versa. This is interesting. Carol,
4: 90 seconds. Go. Well, one of the things that was incredibly interesting when we became the world's first model shelter at Humane Society Silicon Valley is that we implemented protocols and biosecurity measures to make sure that a canine flu that came into Northern California did not spread. And in essence, this was exactly, honestly, what should have happened with the coronavirus. Uh, but it was easier to implement because it was about animals. So I think we've got a real opportunity to look at things when you uh, see what can be effective in the animal space. There's a little less you know, polarization around it and you can see the impact they can have on humans. And so I think there's things that we can accomplish in the animal space that will uh, make it easier for us to think about how it will impact humanity's health. Uh, There's a lot of cancer research that's going on right now with animals. Uh, and I think that will provide new insights into how we might actually approach it on the human side. Uh, there's new uh, diagnostic capabilities that we're using for animals. There's uh, equipment and services that make it possible to uh, get blood readings back within like 12 minutes or half an hour for animals. Uh, and it's a little bit harder to get that through uh, on the, with, the, with the FDA and things like that. But There's opportunities here for us to make improvements that will go both ways. And I'm excited about those possibilities.
1: I think we all are. Thank you very much. We're just about out of time. I am so appreciative of the four of you, the work you put in creating such interesting predictions, picking wonderful quotes. I admire and respect who each of you are. Pat Daly, such a pleasure to meet you. Veronica Vargas, delighted to have you back. Same for Tammy Sykes and Carol Novello. And a shout out again to Michelle Tennant Nicholson, who introduced me to Veronica Vargas a couple months ago. And I met Tammy Sykes and Carol Novello at at Steve Harrison's National Publicity Summit several months ago. And Pat Daly coming to us through Mickey Mickelson. I have a quick homework assignment for all of you. We're going to do it right now on the screen. I'm going to say on the count of three, and you, I'm going to count to three, and you're all going to join me wagging your finger and saying no, no, no. So let me just ask a question. And then we'll do that. If somebody says to you, that the future is already here, you're going to answer by saying 123. No 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 no. no, 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 no. Oh, Pat, I like that deep baritone there. We got that. No, let's do it again. 123. No
3: no. No. No, 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 no.
1: Thank you. Because that was yesterday's future today's future isn't here yet. When I finished the word yet and put a silent period after it, that was the future and now it's gone. That's how fast it's going. We're all, and I can say this, I know for my four wonderful panelists today, we're all going to make it a better one. We're certainly going to try. Thank you to Gabe, my engineer, a hardworking engineer at Voice America Radio. Thank you to LinkedIn. Thank you to Facebook. Everybody wave goodbye. Guests don't go away. I want to talk to you afterwards. Bye-bye. <laughs>